Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you do, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We live in a world that seems to be stuck in crisis mode. We have a worldwide pandemic crisis. We have medical crisis. Uh, We have employment crisis, financial crisis. We have supply chain crisis. We possibly have family crisis. We have personal crisis. And the list can go on and on and on, it seems endlessly, of the different issues of crisis situations that we are dealing with. It seems that when we walk out of the door each and every day that we need to be armed with a a battery of items to protect us against all that awaits us outside. Kind of reminded of uh, of one of the episodes of Andy Griffith. I don't know if you know, but I'm I'm a huge Andy Griffith fan. And uh, and I think there's a lot of great uh, lessons that we can learn from there. But in this particular episode... Uh, Barney, who is the deputy in Andy Griffith, if you're not familiar with the show, uh, Barney is a deputy sheriff. He's gone to the Army surplus sale, and he has purchased a motorcycle and a sidecar. And he brings it back, and he shows it to Andy, who is the sheriff, and they're friends and as well as co-workers. And, and he begins to, to really talk about all of the things that they could do with this motorcycle and sidecar. And along with the purchase of the motorcycle and the sidecar... He has purchased all of the necessary gear for protection. And he's going through an explanation of each of the pieces of gear for protection and the purpose behind them and their usefulness. And he talks about the helmet that he wears and the goggles that he wears. And he talks about the gloves that he wears and and the the leather chaps that he wears. And he's given all of this explanation how all this stuff is essential and so important. And then he's trying to get Andy to get in the sidecar to go down to the diner to get lunch together. And Andy, in his typical way, looks at Barney and goes, oh, I can't. And he says, why not? And he says, well, he said, I don't don't have a helmet or goggles or gloves or any of those things like you have. And Barney looks at him and says, oh, it doesn't matter. You'll be in the sidecar. Nobody will notice anyway. Right, so so all of this stuff you have to have for protection, but oh, it doesn't matter for you. You'll just be in the sidecar, right? So we have to have things for protection. And those things for protection that are essential and needed for all of us in many areas of our life. And uh, when we go out of the world each and every day, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. And he says, hey... You're in crisis mode. And because you're in crisis mode, there are some things that you need for your protection. And so I want us to read there together. Ephesians chapter 6, I want us to pick up in verse 10. Listen to what Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So, so there's the danger, the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you may be able to resist the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having gird your loins now, Here's the gear of protection. Listen to what he says. 
excuse me, in verse 14. He says, having gird your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith, which, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on behalf of that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul writes and he says, listen, you're in crisis mode. There is an evil day, there is an evil one, there are these flaming missiles, there are these attacks that are coming against you, and you need to put on the protection that you need to stand firm against these attacks. And so he begins to list <coughs> excuse me, each of these items of protection that we need excuse me, in order to to be able to stand firm. And he lists all of these things. He talks about the belt, which is the truth. He talks about the helmet. He talks about the shield. He talks about the shoes. He talks about the sword. This morning, I want to take a few moments to talk about the other item that he mentions, and that is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. And as I think about what he is trying to communicate. The breastplate of righteousness to us in our modern day would be like a bulletproof vest. It would be very similar in nature to his readers of that day. They would have immediately developed an image of some small pieces of metal that were woven together. They were used to protect the chest, the back, the sides, the neck area, and even down into the hips. And this vest was used to protect, it when, when, we were, when they were being attacked, to protect them against blows that would, would go into the vital organs, the critical organs, to keep us alive. And so they understood the, the role of this, if you would, bulletproof vest, this protection that came to protect the organs that were within in order to maintain life and keep one safe. Paul instructs believers to put on the full armor of God, to, to offer maximum protection. And he mentions the blessed breastplate of righteousness because the righteousness of God is the activity of God in setting things right through Jesus Christ. And let, listen to that again. It, it is the righteousness of God is the activity of God through setting things right through Jesus Christ. So in other words, Paul is saying to them that we are made right with God. He took action to make us right with Him, and He took action to make us right with our fellow man. And so understanding that righteousness, that's what that word really means, is, is literally set right or put in the right place. And so God said, listen, you are, you are an enemy of mine. That's where we were. 
Because of sin, we were separated from Him and we were an enemy of God. And He says in relationship to that, <coughs> excuse me, that God took action to set things right between Him and us. And He took that action through Jesus Christ and His coming to this world and living a pure and sinless life. And as Mick talked about earlier, His dying on a cross in our place, He took our place for our sins in order to make our relationship with God right through Him. And then He also allows that to make our relationship right with others through Jesus Christ. So there are three things that I want us to learn about the breastplate of righteousness this morning or the bulletproof vest, if you would. The first one is this. It is not a righteousness of our own. It is not our righteousness. It is a righteousness that comes only from God. It is a righteousness that, that can only be received through Him. It isn't of our own doing. And so, if you would go with me, Ephesians, just flip over a few pages to Philippians chapter 3. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, and it's only a few pages over to Philippians chapter 3. And listen to what Paul, as he writes to the church at Philippi, has to say about this righteousness that is not our righteousness, but is the righteousness of God. Beginning in verse 4, chapter 3 and verse 4, Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh... Well, listen, Paul's writing, and he said, listen, if there's anybody that ought to have confidence in the flesh, it's me. He said, listen to why. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, he says, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, which is in the law, Okay, now, notice the distinction. He's talking about being made right according to the law, as, as far as the righteousness of the law found blameless. And then he goes on, he says this, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. This is what he says. He says, listen, if there's anybody who can put confidence in their own righteousness, it's me. He, he said, everything in my life was exactly as it should be. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day, a Hebrew among Hebrews. As far as the law is concerned, he said, I was a Pharisee. Who were the Pharisees? The Pharisees were, were the maintainers of the law. They were the ones who kept the law more than anyone else. And he said, I was a Pharisee. He said, I kept the law strictly. In fact, he goes on and says this. He says, in regards to the righteousness of the law, he said, I was found blameless. He said, if you went to the law and you said, hey, hey, does Paul keep this law? Absolutely. Does he keep this law? Absolutely. Does he obey that law perfectly? He said, you just go down the list. He said, all of the law, the righteousness, the rightness that comes from obeying the law. He said, I was found blameless. I was doing it the best way that you could as far as human righteousness is concerned. As far as self-righteousness is related to. He said, I was doing it better than anyone else. He said, I was far and above everyone else. But, he says, listen to verse 7. Whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And may be found in Him. And listen to this. This is so important. And not being found of having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to His death. In order that I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul writes to the church at Philippi. And he says, if there's anybody who has reason to have confidence in self-righteousness, it's me. I did everything the way that I should. I was as good as I could be. I obeyed the law as best as you can. He said, my, my, my family lineage, my heritage, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. As far as the law, I was a Pharisee. I had all the right education. Everything was in order the way that it should be. But he said, the righteousness that is my own righteousness, he said, it's nothing but a bunch of trash compared to the righteousness that comes from God. When he's talking about putting on the breastplate of righteousness, he's talking about putting on God's righteousness. He's talking about walking in God's righteousness, not our own. And so many times we get caught up in our own righteousness. Well, I go to church and I tithe and I do this and I do that and I serve and I'm involved and I teach a class. And and we get all caught up in all of our righteousness, all the things that we do right. He said, that is nothing but garbage compared to the righteousness that comes from God. And that we need to put on that righteousness and we need to allow it to lead our life and put us in a right relationship with the Father and a right relationship with one another. Righteousness that is not our own. Second thing I want us to see is this. The breastplate of righteousness comes from God but depends on our faith. It comes from Him, but it depends on our faith. Look back with me, if you would, in that Philippians passage that we were just reading. And I want you to pick up uh, in verse 9 with me again and listen to this carefully. And may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. A righteousness that comes from God and only from Him. But He said, it depends upon my faith. And my trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, And he says, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. He said, the righteousness that comes from God is not your righteousness. It's not self-righteousness. It's His righteousness. But, he says, the only way that you can have that righteousness is by your faith. So it does depend upon you. Even though that righteousness is His righteousness, even though that righteousness comes from Him and can only come from Him, you can only receive it by your faith. By our putting faith in Jesus Christ and the message of God's Word and the Gospel message of Jesus Christ and that He was the Son of God who came to this earth to pay the penalty for our sins, lived a pure and sinless life, was crucified on the cross, buried in the tomb, and resurrected on the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he says, if you have faith in that, then you can receive the righteousness of God. But if you don't have faith, you can't receive the righteousness of God. If your faith is not placed in Him and Him alone, 
If you have not made Him Lord and Master of your life, then He says, you can't have the righteousness of God. It can't belong to you because it is on the basis of your faith. But He says, once in faith you have received it, there is nothing that can take it away from you. There is nothing that can rob you of that in your life. If you want to leave your finger there, go back with me a few pages to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Listen to what we believe Paul, as he writes here, is talking about in relationship to separation from that faith and that righteousness that comes from God, beginning in verse 31. Listen to what he says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who can challenge your righteousness that comes from God because of your faith in Jesus Christ? He said, God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is he who died, yes, rather who was raised from uh, <coughs> raised who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Now then he goes into this this long list. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all the day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer, listen, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, listen, the righteousness that we must live in can only come from God. But the only way that we can receive it is through faith in Jesus Christ. And once we have received that righteousness through our faith in Jesus Christ, he said there isn't anything that can take it away. There isn't anything that can come between us and him. Because why? God has set our relationship right through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And when we accept what he did on our behalf, then he says we are in a right, a righteous relationship with him. And he said, there isn't anything that can remove that. There isn't anything that can take that away. And so we see the righteousness of God that is not our own righteousness. We see the righteousness, the, the breastplate of righteousness that can only come through faith. And we see the protection that it provides. We go back to the original text in Ephesians chapter 6. And what did he say? He said, man, there's an evil one and he's going to attack you. There's an evil day and you're going to have to live through it. There are flaming darts that are going to be hurled against you. And he said, you're going to have to withstand them. He said, understand that the righteousness of God protects you against all of those things. Whenever evil comes, whenever evil attacks, whenever Satan is after you and he will be after you, he said, it is only the righteousness of God that allows you to do everything that you can to stand firm. He said, and then stand firm. And then stand there because you've got on the breastplate of righteousness that protects you. That it provides you the protection that you need to stand against temptation. 
It provides the protection that you need to stand against the attacks of Satan. It provides the protection that you need against the attacks of yourself and your own conscience and your own guilt and your own will. He said, if we are in faith, trusting in Christ Jesus and receiving the righteousness of God, then it will protect us from ourselves, as, as it says, the enemies both foreign and domestic. Those that are without and those that are within. The righteousness of God protects us. So here's the only thing I want to say today. It's simply this. It's not enough to have the righteousness. It's not enough to have a bulletproof vest. We've got to put it on. It's great to have it. Super that it's available. But if we don't put it on, it doesn't do us any good. And the only way that we can put it on is by having complete trust and faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're in crisis mode. All around us, physically, spiritually, emotionally, we're in crisis mode. And the only thing that can protect us against the attacks is the righteousness of God. And the only way to receive it is through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So this morning, we're going to sing an invitation hymn. And it's an invitation and a time for us to look at our lives and ask ourselves some really serious questions about where is our faith? Where is our trust? Are we believing in ourselves? Are we believing in our righteousness? Are we believing in all the things that we're doing to be right? Or have we placed our faith in Jesus Christ?